It is good to be in the house of the Lord, and I thank you so much for the opportunity uh, to stand here this morning. Uh, as Brother Jared has already read our passage of Scripture this morning, so we'll get right into the Word of God. Uh, as uh, I said earlier, if you're visiting with us, please, uh, we want you to be just right at home and uh, just worship the Lord with us today. The year was uh, 1850. It was February the 6th. And it was said that the snow was so bad on that particular day that a young man who was traveling to where he was going to worship was unable to make it to the place of worship. So he stopped at a little primitive Methodist church where when he arrived he found just a very few people there in the congregation, the pastor was not even able to make it through the snowstorm. But a lay preacher, an old deacon, it is said, was going to bring a short lesson that night, and he brought his particular message from the passage of Scripture that we read in your hearing this morning from Isaiah chapter 45 and verse number 22. The, the old gentleman, as he got up and he said, well, uh, this is a very... Uh, easy but complex verse, and I'll try to break it apart for you. He says, it says, look unto me. He says, that's some pretty simple instructions there. Just just look. That's all you need to do. There's nothing else that is asked of, of you. Just look. And it tells you who you're going to be looking to. He says, look unto me, and that me is God. And he tells you what to look for to be saved. And he tells you the reason that you're looking, who you're looking to, and why you're looking to Him. Because there isn't nobody else. Nobody else. And as the young man said, and he listened to this particular sermon, the old primitive deacon, he said, pointed his bony finger into his face with a shake, and he said, young man, you're miserable. I can see on your face that you are miserable. And you're going to continue to be miserable until you look. If you're here this morning, here at Powell Chapel Baptist Church, you're not here by accident. You're here by purpose. God has brought you here today. And if you're here this morning, and because you're here this morning, by the purposes of God, He brought you here for a specific reason. If you're saved this morning, and when we use the word saved, sometimes it scares people. Well, what does it mean to be saved, preacher? Well, what it means is that you've been spared from all harm. God has stepped in and He spared you. That's what it means to be saved. It means that you've been set aside by God for His purposes and for His glory. And because you've been saved, you've got the promise from God Almighty that one day after a while, you're going to meet Him in heaven. That you'll be spared the torments of hell. But if you're here this morning and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you haven't been saved. 
then I, like that old Methodist deacon, want to point my finger in your face and say, you're miserable. And until you follow the instructions of this passage this morning, that you look, you'll be miserable. But when you look, peace like a river can flood your soul. That young man that I was telling you about back in 1850, he had been from place to place to place to place. And he had been searching and trying to find a way to bring the torment into his soul. He had been told many different things, many different recipes was laid out before this young man on how to have peace with God. Come to an altar. Pray the sinner's prayer. Be baptized. Join the church, this church, that church, every church. Put your name on every church roll in Rutherford County, my friend, this morning, and I guarantee you it will accomplish you absolutely nothing. What God says to do is look. Just look. That young man was Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Probably one of the greatest preachers outside of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Apostle Paul that ever lived. Was converted by God. God used this particular passage of Scripture that I read to you here, that Brother Jared read to you here this morning. He used that to convert a very powerful preacher. And he can use that same verse to change your heart and soul this morning. If you look. If you look. Now let's look at this passage and break it down just a little bit and see what it says this morning. If you're here today and you're in a miserable case, look. Look. That's all it takes. First, what does the word look mean? What does it mean? In our society today, yeah, there you go, Crystal. You're peering at something. You're focusing in on something. In our society today, we're looking. People people are looking. They're looking here. They're looking there. They're looking at this and that. You know, there's there's a million things to distract your attention today. Even when you're sitting here listening to Brother Frank preach this morning, you're being distracted. Oh, that's a pretty skirt. Oh, I love her hairdo. Did you see what he had on today? Am I right? Sure. This word look here is a Hebrew word, pana. P-A-W-N-A-W. And what it means is it, well, it's not up there anymore. But you've seen the, the, the revised translation of the word look. It means to turn. Something has gotten your attention. Something has caused your your focus. Just like y'all are looking up there, you want to make me look up there. You see? Something causes you to look. To cast your gaze. To get your attention. That's what this word look means. It means that you were focused this way. You're going here and there, and all of a sudden you heard the sound of something and you you looked. That's a work of the Holy Spirit. That's when you hear it calls you to 
He calls you by your name. The Bible says in the book of John chapter 10 and verse number 27, listen to this passage, my sheep, my sheep, that shows possession. They're his. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. If you're a sheep, you hear his voice. That's what we call in theology the effectual call. You see, there's many calls this morning. You're hearing the outward call of a man, a preacher. Look, I'm, I'm calling you. Come and look. Come to Christ. Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I can give you these outward calls. But as long as you just hear my call, you don't get... By, by the voice of this man and hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, it's all vain. I can call you all day long. Come to Christ. Accept Christ. But unless you hear the Spirit's call and you look, and what are you looking at? You're looking to God. It's all vain and void. If all you hear is my voice this morning in this congregation, in this message, you may pick up a little bit of something out of it. But my prayer is this morning, is what you hear is beyond the voice of this preacher. And you hear the voice of the Son of God speaking to you and your heart this morning. That's what you need to hear. Look. The word means to, to turn, to face, to look to peer, to focus. That's what it means. But it means other things. A lot of other things. This word look here in our grammar is in the present tense. Now what does that mean? Well, I'm glad you asked because I want to tell you. What it means is, is it is something that happened in the past, but it continues to happen. In other words, when God through the Holy Spirit calls you, and He calls you to look to Him, it's not a one-time thing. You keep looking. You keep looking. You just don't look and say, okay, there's the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to accept Him as my Savior. No, we're like the author of the book of Hebrews where it says, looking unto Jesus, author and the finisher of our faith. We keep looking. Why do we keep looking? We look to Him for guidance. We look to Him for mercy. We look to Him for forgiveness. We look to Him for, for grace. For everything that we need, He'll supply. We keep looking. By looking, here's what we do. Number one, we admit to His reality. We admit that God is real. That He's not a myth. He's not a legend. He's not an old wise fable. He's not something that our mama, a daddy, or grandparents handed down to us. But in our heart and our mind, we're looking because we know now He's real. We look to Him because we know His reality. We look to Him and show His reality to Him. God, I know You're real. And I'm looking to You. I admit that You're real. The next thing, 
We settle it in our mind that He's real. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 6 says, He that cometh to God, or looks to God, must do what? Must first believe that He is. And that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. If you're here this morning, you're miserable. Look. Look. And keep looking. Because i got news for you. If you're looking for Him this morning, if you're like the writer of Hebrews, and you're diligently seeking Him, i got good news for you. He's seeking you first. He's looking for you. He's looking for you. And you know what? He'll find you. He'll find you. The true God, our true Lord, He's real. I know He's real. I just talked to Him a little while ago. I know He's real. And that's one of the effects of salvation. Not the cause, but the effect. See, we get this thing of cause and effect all kind of backwards. We say we pray the sinner's prayer, we pray through, and then God, He'll he'll obey and and save me. No, it is God that worketh in you both to do and to will of His good pleasure. That's what the Bible says. It is God that causes you to pray just as it is a man is caused to breathe. It's as natural for a child of God who has been converted, who has looked to God to pray as it is for a person to breathe. Just comes natural. You look, you see his reality, and you say, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. Is that right? Psalms 91 and verse 1 said that he that dwelleth in the secret places of the Most High shall abide under the shadow, under the shadow of the Almighty. You know what it takes to make a shadow? It takes substance. It takes something real. The psalmist here realized that God was real because he cast a shadow for him to dwell in. And in order to get in that shadow, you've got to be close. Todd, you're a pretty good-sized fellow, and I know you cast a pretty good shadow. But in order for me to get in your shadow, I've got to be pretty close to you, brother. And if you want to get close to God. If you want fellowship and a relationship with God, you've got to get close. Feel His reality. Get so close to Him that you can feel the very breath of the Holy Spirit. That's what a look does. That's what this look is all about. And if you've never looked, you're miserable. You may have looked everywhere else. You may have looked to church membership. You may have looked to to family, to relatives, to philosophies, to all of these different building blocks that people say you got to do in order to be right with God. But my Bible teaches me that God saves me in spite of myself. He didn't use any of my works of righteousness. But He saved me primarily by His grace. That's His unmerited favor. And when I look to Him, 
It's because He first called me. He hollered out my name. And I looked. As the Spirit of God spoke to you this morning, are you looking? Are you looking? Isaiah said some 700 years before our Lord Jesus Christ walked this earth, He says, look unto me and be ye saved. Or turn unto me and be ye saved. All ye ends of the earth, for I am God. There is none else. The result of that reality, number two, is this. After you look, you pray and believe. Really? Well, I thought that actually belief produced birth. Huh. Can I read a passage to you? Would you mind? Thank you. This comes from the little book of 1 John. The little book of 1 John. If you want to turn over there and read it with me, or you can read it later, just take a note. It comes from the book of 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 1. This is what a look will produce. It says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth Him that begotteth loveth Him also that is begotten of Him. Good verse, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Well, preacher, doesn't that say right there that whosoever believeth that Jesus Christ is born of God? It certainly does. But look at the verb tense of that little bitty word is. Past tense. What does that mean? Well, it means that whosoever believeth that Jesus Christ is Lord has already been born of God. In other words, your birth has produced your ability to believe. What about righteousness, brother? You know, I do all of these good things. Well, I'm glad you do. But if you're hoping that your good works will get you into heaven, look at this pointed finger at you right now. You're miserable because you've never looked in the right area. Same book, 1 John chapter 2. Go there. What about my good works, brother? Look at this passage. 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 29. It says, if you know that He is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of Him. Well, there you are, preacher. No, you don't. You see the tense of that verb again? Is It's past tense. And in order what He's saying here, that anyone that does works of righteousness has already been born of God. Your birth produces belief. Your birth produces your works of righteousness. We're born to do that which we should do. He hath created us, what, Gerald, unto good works? A look. That's all it takes. When you hear the Spirit of God call your name this morning, don't shake this preacher's hand. There's no nail scars here. Don't come to this altar thinking that this altar will save you. That's just geography. Don't try to get in a baptismal pool and get wet because you'll come up wet, a wet sinner. 
laws. But you look to Christ, your only hope, and my only hope. That's the results of a look. We confess that if I am ever me, if I'm ever going to be saved, God's got to do it. You know why? Go back to Isaiah chapter 45. <clears throat> he says, look unto me and be saved. All ye ends of the earth, for I am God, there is none else. There is nobody else, folks. Nothing else that you can do or look to other than God. We trust in Him and Him alone. Keep your eyes fixed on Christ. He's our only hope. What's that old song, Jared? What is it? My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame. But wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. You know what our Savior has the ability to do? Not only to save you, but keep you saved. I like Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 where it says being confident of this very thing that he that begun it that means he started it it didn't start with you you didn't initialize it he did he that begun a good work in you will perform it on the day of Jesus Christ in other words what he starts he finishes the promise he makes he keeps he never goes back on his word so if you'll look unto him today look unto God be ye saved all ye ends of the earth for I am God there is none else standing on the promises of God, if you look to Him, He'll save you. He'll have mercy on your soul. What part of salvation we'd look? Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, it's God that worketh in you both to do and to will of His good pleasure. We look to Him for pardon. For pardon. We call this justification. Being declared not guilty. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Well, you say, the, well, right there it is, preacher. We're justified by our faith. Well, don't you understand that according to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, that your faith is actually a gift that God has given to you? It is for by grace you are saved through the vehicle of faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. If you've got faith this morning, you've got a gift. You have been granted the ability to believe God has given you repentance and faith. Look. That's all it takes. It takes a look. We look to Him for pardon. We look for Him, to Him for preparation for pardon. What do you mean preparation for pardon? Well, God prepares our heart 
to receive pardon, to receive justification. How does He do that? It's called conviction. It's called showing you yourself in the mirror of God's Word and showing you that if you get what you deserve and what if I get what I deserve, we'll all be condemned to hell. God prepares us for this pardon. And this pardon is all a work of God. It's done in heaven. You never see it. In the high court of God, because of what Jesus Christ has done and hung on the cross for you and me and shed His precious blood, He that became sin who knew no sin, that you and I might become the righteousness of God in Him, because He hung there, He suffered, He bled, He died, and on the third day He rose again, you and I have been considered and declared not guilty. And the gavel falls. Boom. Not guilty. God prepares all. It's a work of Him all the way. Salvation's a spectator sport. God did it all. And then, I got about five minutes or so here, I think. Yeah. I choked it. <laughs> Number three. What is our encouragement to look? What is it that encourages you and I to look? What was it caused me to look? The only thing I can tell you is this. About 40 years ago, I was sitting at Zion Hill, independent, fundamental, missionary, premillennial Baptist church. And I couldn't tell you what one of them things meant at that particular time. I just know I was there. There was a man named, the pastor loved him. His name was Brother Bill Woodard. He preached a message. I couldn't tell you right now what the man preached. All I know is, is I heard Brother Bill Woodard say, if you're a sinner lost today, Jesus Christ said, come. I don't know, a light went off. I've seen myself. A sinner. And my only hope was a Savior. And that Savior was Jesus Christ. It wasn't Bill Woodard. It wasn't Zion Hill, independent, fundamental, missionary, premillennial Baptist church. It was Christ and Christ alone. That was my encouragement. Number one, it was commanded. This word look here is not a suggestion. It is a command. You look. God Himself through the prophet Isaiah is telling the people of God of that day and today, you look. Look unto Me. His promise. His promises is encourage, are encouraged. He says look and be saved. That's a promise you can count on. Right now, today. If you're here today in this congregation and you're miserable, you may be religious. You may be a church member. You may not, you may even go to this church for years and still not have looked. You know, Satan don't care how religious you get. Religion will send more people to hell than anything else. 
Because people hold, well, I'm religious. I go to church. I've walked an aisle. I've prayed the sinner's prayer. I've done this. I've taught Sunday school. If you read over in Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 7, you'll find in there that there will be many in that day will say, Lord, Lord, did we not do this, 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 and this in Your name? Didn't we work miracles in Your name? What He's going to say to them in that day, depart from me, ye worker of iniquity. I never, ever, no, never knew You. So if you're holding on to your religion, your denomination, your church membership, your water baptism, whatever you're holding on to, if it isn't Christ, you better let her go. Let her go right now and look. His promises. His Godheads. He says, for I am God and there is none else. When is the best time to look? Right now. Right now. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Harden not your heart. He says, come unto me. If you're labored and you're heavy laden, I'll give you rest. He says, come and drink of the rivers of water of life freely. He says, I'm the bread of life. I'm the light of the world. He's all of these things. He's the rose of Sharon. He's the lily of the valley. He's the bride. He's the morning star. He's the fairest of 10,000. But if you're lost, one day you're going to stand before Him as a righteous and holy judge. There's only two places. Listen to me. And then I'm closing. There's only two places that God judges sin. It's either on the cross or in the person. I'm asking you this morning where is sin judged in you? If it's still in you, look. He says, look unto me and be ye saved. All you ends of the earth. That means it's for anybody, anywhere that believeth on Him, He'll save. If you look. Just look. Look away from yourself and look to Christ. What about it today? While we sing, and you stand. You've got the promise of God Himself. You look unto Me, I'll save you. I'll save you. Is God working in your heart today? Has He opened up your heart and your soul and told you? You hadn't looked. Look to me and be saved. Look. What we're saying, Jerry. Come on, Todd.